Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, praise team. Kids Church, thank you, you all. Yeah, so anybody fifth grade and under will go down to our Kids Church area, and I'm excited for them to be with us in service, and thank you so much. Last week we started a series on being connected. I hope you still have your Lego piece. I still have mine on my desk. Matter of fact, I had Tracy's for a little bit this week, and so I was playing with our Lego pieces this week, and so I realized I'm not supposed to play with them. It's a reminder. But that's the truth, right? We're, it's a reminder of what? That we're meant to be connected. We're meant to connect to something. We're made, we were made, not just, not just, oh, it's a good idea. You were, you were made with a longing inside of you. You were made with a longing that says you were made for something more. You were made to be connected to God, and you were made to be connected to others. And so today I want to continue talking about this by showing you why this is important. Why does this matter? Why does it matter that you fulfill this purpose of being connected to God and connected to others? And here's why. It will strengthen your walk. That's what being connected helps you do. It strengthens the walk that you have with Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. I want you to see an example of this. I want you to see the results of what it looks like when we're able to connect with God And we're able to connect with others. This passage in Philippians chapter 1, Paul is writing to the church and he's commending them for for the gift that they sent to him and he's thanking them. He's actually writing this from prison to them and talking about the advancement of the gospel that's happened because of where he is and what's been going on in his life. And so he's thanking them for the gifts that they sent to him while he was in prison. And then he says this, and it really demonstrates the reason why Being connected is so vital. He says this, he says, in verse 27 of Philippians chapter 1, he says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. In some translations, when you read that, he says, One thing I want to tell you. He says, Live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Verse 28, look at this. And he says, And not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now here that I still have. And I love this passage because Paul's saying, listen, because you guys are connected, you're going to be able to stand strong. He says, and not only that, we're connected. He's writing to them saying, you and I are connected. The, the same struggle that you see me going through, the same battle that you see me going through for the faith, it's the same battle you're going through for the faith. And he says, and so we're connected together. But he doesn't just say, look how good it is that we're connected. He says, no, no, walk worthy of the call of Jesus Christ. Walk worthy of the gospel of Christ. He says, because you were made to be connected to others. Children, listen, he says, as citizens of heaven, you were made to live this way. And here's what I came by to remind you of today. As Christians, we're called to imitate the life of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we're called to follow 
his example as he walked this earth. That's what it means to be a disciple. When we call somebody a disciple, that's not just a Christian word. What that means is that you're a disciple. That's not just a Christian word. Everybody has that, right? You can become a disciple of a teacher. You can become a disciple of a, of a fitness instructor. You can become a, a disciple of anything. In this case, we're talking about Jesus Christ that says, listen, I want my life to look like his life. I want what he does to be what I do. That's what a disciple does. It's someone who hopes to become like their teacher. That's what you and I have been called to do. We're called to walk worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is saying to this believers. Because listen, being a disciple, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. It doesn't just happen by mistake. It happens in the context of relationship. It happens through a relationship with God, but it happens through a relationship with others as well. And that's what Paul is telling these believers. He's saying, listen, you're able to stand strong because you're connected. You're able to withstand oppression. Why? Because you're connected. You're able to have one heart and one mind. Why? Because you're connected with one another. And church, listen to me. If you're standing by yourself, you're easy prey for the enemy. You need to hear that this morning from your pastor. If you're trying to stand on your own and say, I don't need other people. I don't need others around me. I can do this all on my own. I'm here to tell you that's exactly what the enemy wants you to hear. That's exactly, those are, that's music to his ears. You know why? Because he's listening saying, there's one I can pick off. There's one I can get a hold of. There's one I can make feel bad about themselves. Because church, we were made to be connected. And as we stand in that connection, we're able to stand firm. We're able to stand and, and see that strength. And then I love what he says to these believers. He says, listen, that connection you have, it's going to be a testimony to those who are oppressing you. Because every time they oppress you, every time they push in on you, it's just going to push you closer together. And it's going to strengthen you even more. And he says, and because of that, it's going to be a constant reminder to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And church, this is what we've got to get a hold of. Because listen, Jesus himself demonstrated this, right? If we want to imitate Christ, if we're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then we need to follow what he did. What did he do? He lived in community. He lived with others. When Christ called his disciples, he didn't say, listen, come follow me. You're the only one, though. Don't tell anybody, right? He didn't come to Peter and say, listen, you follow me on Monday and James, you follow me on Tuesday. And Matthew, you follow me on Wednesday. No, he put them together and he said, listen, we're going to walk this earth together. We're going to do this ministry together. And church, he brought a group of people together that would never have come together on their own. They wouldn't have come together by themselves. They wouldn't have looked at each other and said, I want to hang out with you. No, they came together because Christ brought them together and said, I've got a greater purpose for each of you. And as you step into this purpose, you're going to find your connection and you're going to find your group. And that's what Christ did for them. They did everything together. Go read the Gospels. You'll see it. As a group, they traveled together. They ministered together. They learned together. They struggled together. Everything they went through, they went through together. Why? Because they needed each other. Because Christ wanted to demonstrate to you and I that we need each other. We were never made to go alone. And just like them, you need this in your life. But keep in mind, look at what else Christ did for us. 
in that modeling of community and in that modeling of being together, Christ modeled how to be connected to disciples, but he also modeled how to be connected to the Father. We read over and over in the scriptures that Christ would withdraw. He would pull himself away. Now, did he pull himself away because he was angry at the disciples? No. He pulled himself away so that he could draw closer to the Father. He pulled himself away so that he could pray. We see an example of this in Luke chapter 5. In verse 15, it says, But now, even more, the report about him went about, went abroad. And this is talking about Jesus and all the great things he had done. And so that report started getting out and started going abroad. It said, And great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. And you would think that Jesus would look at that, right, and say, boy, this is it. Boy, I, if I could, if I really had community with tell, boy, I'm going to have a great community with 5,000. Man, this is going to be amazing that, that we have this many people. Look at, look at this, this is it. My ministry is really taking off now. And look at verse 16 of Luke 5. It says, but he would withdraw the desolate places and pray. Jesus modeled what it looked like to stay connected to the Father. That yes, it's good to connect to each other, but we never lose the connection to the Father. We have to keep building that connection to Him. And we see that in Jesus, that He demonstrated that, you know what? I can't neglect one for the other. Listen, as a believer, you can do all the Bible studies in the world and stay deeply connected to the Father, but if you're not connected to other believers, you're going to be weak. There's going to be a weakness inside of your walk that is going to leave you vulnerable and open to attack. But here's what else you need to know. You can also connect to every believer around you and have a great time and go to every fellowship and show up to every picnic and be, boy, this is, I'm, I'm around every believer. I'm doing good at this. And never read your Bible and never connect to God. And guess what? The same weakness is going to be present in your life. You're going to be just as vulnerable and just as weak. Why? Because we need both of them. We need a connection to the Father, and we need a connection to each other, and we need to keep walking with each other. And this is a process called discipleship. When you hear that word discipleship, that's what it means. It means that we're helping one another walk closer to Jesus Christ. It means that we're helping one another grow in our faith and grow in our strength so that we can be more like Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul was talking about. In Philippians chapter 1, he's saying, because you have done this, because you've built these connections with God and with others, you're going to stand strong. You're going to stand through this. You're going to make it through this season. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know what season you find yourself in today, but I'm here to tell you, if you are connected to God and if you are connected to other believers, you are going to make it through this season of your life. God is going to be faithful and he's going to bring you through this, but I've got to tell you, he's going to bring people around you to walk through it with you. He's not just going to say, follow me and I'm going to lead you through this and I'm going to lead you through it by yourself. No, he's going to draw people around you and say, listen, I'm going to take all of you through this. And I know some of you have experienced right? You, you connected with people and they were in your life, but they were only in your life for a short season, right? They came into your life, they were instrumental in your life, and then all of a sudden they weren't part of that, your life anymore. It wasn't bad, it wasn't a, a fallout, it's just they weren't there anymore because God brings people along at just the right time to say, I know what you need, I know what's going to get you through this, and I'm going to bring people around. And so listen to me, church, don't isolate yourself. Get connected. Find that connection in your life because it's hard to stand alone. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, 
Verse 9 and 10 says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. In verse 10 it says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Think about that, church. When you fall, and you will fall as Christians, there's going to be moments where, not in the sin, there's going to be moments where you fall. There's going to be moments where you're faith dips. There's going to be moments where your strength dips in those times. And in those moments, if you fall and you fall by yourself, guess what? It's going to be hard to get up. But if you fall and there's people around you and you've got a small group that you've been studying the Bible with and all of a sudden you don't show up for two weeks because you've isolated yourself and pulled away, guess what? They're going to call you and say, hey, where you been? Hey, I miss you. What's going on with you? Church, that's what it looks like to live this scripture out today is that we look at each other and say, I miss you. Where you been? I've been praying for you. I'm here for you. I'm walking with you. That we're here to help pick one another up. We see this sentiment echoed in Galatians chapter 6. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When you and I carry one another's burdens, when you and I pick one another up, we're fulfilling the very law of of Christ and church listen you don't have to walk alone you don't have to be by yourself you don't have to go through this faith lonely and broken because you were made to be connected to God and you were made to be connected to others and this is where your strength is going to come from and this is where your hope is going to come from and this is where your protection is going to come from Because in those moments when you're opening your Bible and you're just reading Scripture and you're so lost and you're so broken, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will just take you to a passage of Scripture that is just for you at just that moment that will get you through that season and it will bring you the hope that you need and the comfort that you need and the peace that you need. And at the right time, He'll bring somebody along who will call you and say, I've just been thinking about you and praying for you today. And He brings those connections into our life. Because those connections bring us into discipleship. And so I want to encourage you today. Engage in that process. Don't just be a passive Christian. Don't just come to church and say, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll let me have it. Don't just come to church and say, well, if God really wants me to have that, then he'll just give it to me. Church, can I tell you? He's giving you the opportunity every week. Every time he puts you in a Sunday school class or a Bible study or in service where you're sitting around people, he's giving you the opportunity. Every time you hear the word preached, he's giving you the opportunity to hear and grow and disciple and and follow and become more like Jesus Christ. And so have that desire within you that says, you know what, I don't want to be just a Christian in name only. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I want that to burn within my heart that says, I want to be all that he's called me to be. I want to be just like Jesus Christ. I want to look like him and sound like him. I want to act like him. I want to react like him. I want to be what he's called me to be. Church, this is what's got to get into us. Because if not, what's going to happen is we're just going to go on with life. And every once in a while we'll show up at church and we'll check off the box that I made it. And nothing will change in our life. And we'll get so discouraged and say, why doesn't God ever care about me? And God says, because it's not about checking a box. It's about being connected. And if you'll connect with me, I will bring you healing. And if you'll connect with me, I will bring you people who will strengthen you and walk with you and help 
help you. Church, I gotta beg you today, get involved in this process. Grow as a Christian and say, God, I don't want to just be passive anymore. God, I don't want to just go along anymore. I don't want to just keep being blown around by this world anymore. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so there's three aspects of discipleship that I want to highlight for you this morning. All of that was my introduction. Three aspects that I want to highlight for you this morning. Three things you need to know that will help you continue to grow like this. Number one is this. You need to learn to live by faith. Live by faith. If you live by what you see, you're going to be disappointed time and time and time again. But if you live by faith, you'll start walking worthy of this gospel. You'll start working, walking in a way that is different than everything else around you, but it'll lead you down the right path. And so today I want to encourage you, surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You say, well, pastor, I prayed the prayer. I did that. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you prayed that prayer. I really am. I believe that prayer. I believe that if you believed it in your heart that you are saved. But let me ask you a question. Are you following his teachings? Are you following his promises? Are you living out this word? Does, it, does your life look more and more like this? Because this is what it looks like to live by faith. That we believe in him. We trust in Him. We rely on Him for direction. We rely on Him for guidance. When we have a question about how to raise our kids, we don't just go to pop culture and we don't go to Facebook to see what the experts are telling me today I should do. No, I open my Bible and I say, God, what should I do for my family? God, how do I lead my family closer to You? God, how do I draw into You in this moment? And we become loyal to the life of Jesus Christ. We become loyal to His teachings. Teachings and we become loyal to what he's called to us this morning. Not just on Sunday mornings when we put on our good clothes and we look nice and we look pretty and we gather our family and we act like we got it all together. I'm talking about day in and day out. On the good days, you say, God, I want to serve you and walk with you and walk by faith. And on the bad days, we say, God, this is a rough day for me, but I still want to serve you and walk with you. God, I still want you to be who I am. I want everything I have to be yours today. And God, I want to look more like you at the end of this day than I did at the beginning of the day. This is the passion that we've got to get into our life that says, I want to live by faith. And this is how we come to salvation. But church, this is how we live for him day by day is we live by faith. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 2. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul says, listen, I don't even live for myself anymore. I live for Christ. I live for what he wants for me. I live for what he tells me to do. I live for what he says I am. I don't go by what the society calls me. I don't go by what my family has said about me. I don't go by what my friends have labeled me as. I go by the word of God and I trust in the word of God because I'm no longer living for myself. I'm dead to that. I live for Christ now. I live to satisfy him now. And this is what it looks like. And we need to follow this out and walk in this. We need to live in the confidence that, you know what, this word 
can be trusted. Because I'm here to tell you, church, there's an attack on truth nowadays. Everybody has their truth, and everybody is living their truth. And I'm here to tell you, there is a truth out there, and it's called the Word of God. It is the absolute truth. And if you follow this Word, I promise you, it will work out for you. I promise you, things will turn around for you. Will it be easy? No. Listen, most of the people we read about in this passage lost their life for Jesus Christ. They lost their life because they professed Jesus Christ. It's not going to be a bed of roses every single day and you look and say well pastor you don't know what my co-worker said to me yeah but you know what they're not dragging you out of the streets and stoning you behind the building church listen to me somewhere along our lines we got to say you know I died to myself and I live for Christ because he is the one who's going to get me through this. He's the one I'm going to trust and walk in. And so I will trust his word. When everything's telling me that this is not the truth, I will still live to this and trust in this. And I'll go back to Proverbs chapter 3, which tells me, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. And what? He will make your path straight. What's that saying? It says, listen, if I go through life, there's going to be a lot of things I don't understand. And if I keep trying to live to what I understand, and if I keep trying to live to my truth as I define it, I'm here to tell you I'm going to be in a world of hurt. And I'm going to have a world of destruction falling behind me. Because one day I'm going to live this way, and the next day I'm going to live this way, and I'm going to live that way next season, and this way another season, and I'm going to bounce from disaster to disaster in my life. But I'm here to tell you, if I will trust in the Lord in all that I do, even if I don't understand it, even if I'm following the commands of Christ, and I'm catching flack from my family, and I'm catching flack from my co-workers, and I'm saying, God, this doesn't make sense, but I will keep trusting you i promise you if you will keep doing that you will have a straight path in front of you why not because i've said it because the word of god says that if i trust in you and if i acknowledge you in all that i do that you will make my path straight and so god that's what i'm going to do today i'm going to follow you and serve you and i'm going to acknowledge you and i'm going to trust you and that's what it looks like church listen there's no supernatural state of being that gets us to faith if you're waiting for that i'm here to tell you it's never going to happen you're never going to get the goosebumps and they never go away, right? You're never going to get the goosebumps and say, boy, there was God. And, and this is, um, I'm at a new plane of spirituality with him. I'm here to tell you, it's not going to happen. You know how it's going to happen? Every single day, every decision you make, you say, you know what, God? What do you want me to do? And God, that's the decision you told me. I'll step into that decision. Okay, God, I've walked that path for a while. I've got another decision ahead of me. What do you want me to do now? You want me to go left? All right, I'll go left. I'm here to tell you, church, this is what it looks like. It's not supernatural, spiritual, you know, goosebumps. I'm here to tell you it's decision after decision after decision that says, you know what, God, in all my ways, I want to acknowledge you. In all my ways, I want to live for you and walk with you. And I want to connect with you. And again, that becomes easier to do when we stay connected to him and we stay connected to others. Because as we go through that and as we make those decisions, God's going to send people along that says, I'm walking the same path. I don't know it either. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what's going to happen, but I'm walking the same path. So why don't we walk together for a while? And I'll pray for you, and you pray for me, 
And on those days when you can't pray, call me and I'll pray for you. And on those days when I'm so broken and I can't pray, I'll call you and you pray for me. And, and eventually we're going to get through this and we're going to see the straight path that God has had us on all along. This is the power of it. You need to walk. You need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit day in and day out. This is one of the important things we need to understand. You need to realize that, you know what? You need to live a life that is set apart and dedicated to the Lord. You need to live a life that is different than the world around you. In other words, what you need to do, you need to live holy. I know that's a swear word in our day and age today. That idea of living a holiness life, and that, that, that's a foreign concept to us nowadays. But I need you to hear me today. That's the call of God on your life. The call of God says, walk in my power each and every day because I will give you the strength to lay aside that sin. I will give you the strength to lay aside those temptations. I will give you the strength that you can serve me and live a life that is set apart and dedicated to me. This is what it looks like to live for Jesus Christ. We have to realize that, you know what? I can't live for him as long as I let sin reign in my life. I can't live for him as long as I indulge and compromise in this area of sin, I can't do it. And please understand, none of us are perfect, right? None of us are perfect. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not perfect. It felt good, didn't it? Right? It feels good to say that, right? Whew, takes the pressure off, right? You, some of you have been waiting years to say that to somebody, right? Listen to me. We're not perfect, Right? We're going to have struggles from time to time. We're going to get it right sometimes and get it wrong sometimes. But listen to me. That's not an excuse to keep on sinning. It's not an excuse to say, well, you know what? I just can't do that. And so God understands. He understands my weakness. It's just who I am. I'm here to tell you that's why he said, listen, that's why you need to be born again. Because I'm going to make you new. And I'm going to put a new heart in you. So that you don't keep on sinning. Because you no longer belong to that. You belong to me. And if you'll walk in my spirit daily. I will give you the power to overcome that sin. This is what Paul says about it in Romans chapter 6. He says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him. So that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And he says this, he says, in the same way. So just as Christ did all that, he says, in the same way, in the same way, count yourself dead to sin but alive to God in Christ. Isn't that amazing that Paul looks and he talks about the greatness of Christ and the sacrifice and how he died and because he died, he's no longer bound by sin and because he died, he overcame sin and sin doesn't even, can't even touch him. He says, and in the same way, this is how you're to live your life. As you go to work tomorrow, this is how you're to live your life. You're to be reminded that I died to my sin. That sin is dead in my life. I don't need to resurrect it and take it to work with me tomorrow. I just need to do a funeral for it, and I need to leave it at the altar, and I need to go away from here saying, you know what? I am living for Christ now. He says this in verse 12. He says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. So does that mean we're ever, never going to face temptation again? Nope. 
Because he says right there, therefore, make sure that you don't let sin reign in your mortal body. Why? So that you obey its evil desires. So we do away with the sin. When that temptation comes, we say, you know what? I'm not doing that. You know what? I'm going to block that website from my computer. I don't need to look at it anymore. You know what? I'm not going to go to that bar anymore because I don't need what's there for me anymore. You know what? I'm not going to go to that party anymore because I don't need what's there for me anymore. You know what? I'm not going to go into that temptation anymore because I've been dead to sin now. And so I'm going to no longer let it reign in my mortal body. He says, do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master. Church, I love that line. Sin shall no longer be your master. Because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Church, listen to me. Grace is not given to you so that you can keep on sinning and just be whoever God, whoever you feel like being today. I'm here to tell you that's not what grace is. Grace says, you know what? I'm going to give you the strength to be dead to that sin. You know what? I'm going to give you the strength. My grace. I'm going to pour my grace out on you so that you have strength that you didn't have before. And I'm going to give you strength so that, you know what? That sin that used to have you bound no longer has you bound. That sin that you couldn't overcome, it's no longer your master anymore. I'm your master. I'm your leader. I'm your Lord and Savior. And church, that's what we've got to get to in our life. We've got to come to a place in our life where we say, you know what? I want to stop playing with sin on Monday and going back to church on Wednesday. You know what? I want to just live my life for hell all week long and do whatever I feel like doing and treat people and do all the things I want to do all week long. But boy, on Sunday morning, I'll be out there just shouting and raising my hands. I'm here to tell you that's a lie that we need to get a hold of that says, no, you know what? I can put away sin in my life now so that when I go to church, he's connecting with me and he's strengthening me and he's helping me so that I can be all that he's called me to be. So that Monday morning when I go to to go back to the office, you know what? I can shout in my mind, right? I may not raise my hands and say, oh, praise the Lord. But you know what? When I'm walking to that meeting and I've walked away from that temptation, there's something in my heart that says, Ooh, Lord, I just had a moment with you. Lord, I just had a moment with you where you showed up in the middle of my workplace to remind me that you love me and remind me that you care about me and remind me that I'm no longer a slave to that sin, that I no longer have to go down that road and do those things anymore and Lord it feels so good to have that freedom Lord it feels so good to be free like that and Lord will look at you and he'll say that's what it looks like to walk in my power each and every day church this is what he's called us to this is what discipleship is it's learning how to walk that way that says, you know what? I'm not going to make an excuse for the sin in my life anymore. Instead, I'm going to repent of it and I'm going to give it to the Lord and I'm going to say, God, I don't want to do this anymore. And so instead of giving into that temptation, I'm going to give in to you. Instead of going to that website when I'm bored, I'm going to turn open my Bible and praise you and worship you and go back and remind myself that I have been set free and who the sun sets free is free indeed. And because of that, Lord, I thank you that I am who you've called me to be. And church, this is what it looks like. Here's the last aspect that I want to share with you today. Rest in God's grace. As a child of God, I want you to hear me this morning. 
And I want you to hear these words that I'm about to say to you. Because you need to hear this this morning. As a child of God, God is pleased with you. God loves you. God cares about you. God knows where you are. And you can rest in that understanding today. That's what discipleship is all about. That when Jesus was heartbroken, when Jesus was in despair, you know what he did? He didn't go have a pity party. He'd withdraw. Why? When he found out that John the Baptist was beheaded, you know what he did? He went and prayed. He went to his father and said, God, how's my cousin? I love him. He was mine. He was me. He was talking about me, and he died because of me. He went and prayed and sought his father at church. I need you to hear me this morning. There's going to be moments where you're difficult. There's going to be moments that are hard. There's going to be moments that are difficult as you walk out this faith. In those moments, you need to know that you can go back and you can rest in the arms of God. You need to go back and you need to know that you can rest in God's grace. Romans chapter 5, he says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have attained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope and of the glory of God. Because of your faith in Jesus Christ, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, you have been justified. That's a good church word, and here's what it means. You've been declared in a right standing. So you've been justified. That on the, on the dockets of heaven, across all of your sin, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, God looked at all of the account of your life and said, He's justified. She's in a right standing with me. And it's by faith that that happens in our life. That we've been declared in a right standing. And so the scripture tells us, so we're at peace with God. Here's what that means. You're no longer his enemy. You no longer have aggression towards God. You're no longer separated from him. That, that chasm that once stood between you and God because of sin in your life, that chasm has been breached now. And has been brought together now. And God puts his arm around you and says, this is the moment I've been waiting for. That you and I now have peace with one another. You now have access to the faith. Through faith, you now have access to the grace in which you're going to stand. And so, church, hear me. There's moments where you're going to have, there's moments where you need to feel God's love in your life. And you need to hear me today that in those moments, he's looking at you saying, I have grace for you. I have a strength for you because I love you and I'm proud of you. And I know you don't get it right every day, and, but I love you. I know you struggle from time to time, but I love you. I, I know you don't get it right every single time, but I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of the walk. Look how far you've come. Church, some of you just need to hear that from your father this morning. Some of you just need to hear that him tell you, I love you, and I'm proud of you. And you don't have to prove yourself to me. You don't have to earn my favor. I give it to you. Because by faith, I've given you access to the grace in which you stand now. And because of that, you can rejoice. And because of that, you can have hope. Church, today, 
I encourage you, find your rest in him. Find your strength in him. You don't have to earn his favor. He loves you. And this is what staying connected is so important. Because when you stay connected, you'll find the strength to live by faith. And you'll find the strength to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you'll find that strength to rest in God's grace. That says, God, I just need you today. And it's through these connections that we have with him. And it's through these connections that we have with others that we're reminded of the importance of this. And we're reminded of just how to do this. Isabel, would you come? And as we get ready to close, here's what I want to challenge you to do today. Here's my challenge for each of you today. Stop trying to do it alone. That's it. Stop trying to do it alone. Stop trying to walk out this faith by yourself. And instead, today, connect with your Father. Connect with Him. Just give your life back to Him. As a Christian, say, Lord, I just want, I want all that you have for me today. Connect with Him. And then connect with those that He brings into your life. Because you'll find the strength that you need. Would you stand with me?